Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parentingpodcast. Imagine the feeling you have to find out that your daughter is being cyberbullied or that your son has a vaping device. How do you react? Maybe your blood pressure begins to rise and you start to flood your mind with anxieties and you're working up uh, how you're going to demand an explanation from your child right away. But what if there's a better way to respond without reacting negatively and going overboard and making a difficult situation even worse? I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta. He's the Vice President of Parenting and Youth here at Focus on the Family. And Danny, it's never a good idea to begin a difficult conversation with our teen, or really anybody, when we're angry, is it? No, it only escalates. Really, you, you, like I've said before, the emotions are contagious, and what you'll lose is respect and influence as a parent. If you enter with anger into conversation, especially with teens, when you're telling them to be self-controlled, and then you lose your own self-control. This is a great opportunity when a teen is uh, caught in a certain place or something's happening, gather as much information, try to understand, show compassion. What is the true need under the behavior? That's where you want to go first. And then uh, regroup your emotions and take some time. There's no hurry to enter that because there's going to have to be some conversations around what the truth is, but then also some teaching along the way here. And you want to be prepared for anything that may come at you and the more angry you are, the less flexible in your mind and the less reasoning you'll have. And so the conversation will only go south. I am really identifying with a lot of what you're saying right there. Let's go ahead and move on <laughs> to the importance of being proactive instead of reactive. Uh, Jim Burns wants us to know more about that. And he talked with Focus President Jim Daly and me to discuss some of those difficult issues that teens will face and how you and I can approach those matters with wisdom and grace. Uh, Jim, last time we said we would talk about these big issues today, so let's get into it. Um, let's go to technology, cyberbullying. That's a big issue. Um, I think it happens with both genders, male and female. Uh, speak to that issue, and how does a parent engage that in a healthy way if their daughter for example, is being cyberbullied. What do you do? Well, there's a very good chance that their daughter will be cyberbullied in today's world because cyberbullying is on the rise like 30, crazy. 30, 40%? Exactly, huge. Uh, somebody told me once, and I don't have this statistic down, but 160,000 kids stay home each day because of some kind of bullying. That's not a good thing. No. Well, what I find, and this may sound interesting, but I find that the parents don't, they want to come alongside their kids and let them understand that you feel their pain. But with parents, this is what I talk about with bullying. You get a point. Uh, the bully gets a point if the kid responds. Right. Because they're trying to get him to respond. So I say to the kids, don't respond. The parents, if the parents respond, the bully just got five points. So with the parents, unless it's something of a sexual nature or like sexting or you know something like that, I think it's better for the kids to learn to kind of work it out, but the parents come alongside the child. Now, again, if it's bad, I don't think that the parents should ever go to the kid. I think they should actually go to the authorities, the school, police if it was something you know crazy, um, or the parents of the child. But again, a, you're trying to protect your own child. Yeah. Let me ask you in that regard, because I think parents, we can be slow to pick up the yeah. cueing. Mm -hmm. So what do you advise with parents when you see it? Do you just sit back and observe, or do you engage? I think you engage with your child. 
So instead of just sitting back, I think you say, oh my gosh, how did you feel that? Oh, that hurts. I think you come right alongside. We had a cyber bully with one of our daughters and I was kind of like, you know, Jim, the sports guy, you know, buck it up. It'll, It'll be okay. This, yeah, this person's tough. And my yeah. wife just totally came alongside of her and said, I'm sorry, this is horrible and whatever. Well, you know what? Kathy did the right thing because yeah. Kathy showed uh, the empathy that my daughter needed because when you're a teenager, you know, a crisis is self-perceived. So, yes. you know, one person could have a major bullying experience and another one could have a pimple on their face and it's a crisis. Sure. So, you know, react to the crisis. Kathy did a good job of reacting to the crisis where I was almost like taking it no big deal. Right. When in fact it was a big deal to yeah. my daughter and I should have taken it with more um, empathy than I did. Jim, with drug and alcohol abuse, uh, and then we're going to get into some depression, anxiety issues, but let's combine all these things. Okay. Uh, drug and alcohol abuse within teens uh, is prevalent. Um, even if you go to Christian schools, your kids right. are going to Christian schools, right. it's there. Parents may not know about it, right, right. but it most likely is present. Mm-hmm. So the parent that hears about their 15-year-old, and you usually hear it from other parents, right? The right. best source of intel will be the boys or the girls' friends right. and their parents because right. they talk and then the kids tell their parents and those yeah. parents call and say, hey, right. check it out. Right. Um, which is really good because we're all doing this for the benefit and the well-being exactly. of the child. But speak to that issue of drug and alcohol abuse. Yeah. What should a parent do? Well, I think too many Christian parents are in denial. And really, there's much of a, about a 5 to 10% difference. The latest statistics I've seen, 85% of kids who are Christian, who identify as a Christ follower, um, will try alcohol. That doesn't mean that's the worst thing. They're right. not, they're all not alcoholics, alcoholics per se, but they're going to try alcohol. It. Yeah. And as parents, I mean, I'm going to answer your question, but I want to make sure we back up a little bit. They have to understand gateway drugs. The average age a kid will try alcohol is age 12. And, wow. Uh, yes, that's amazing. Isn't that amazing? It was 14 and a half when I went to Anaheim High School in the shadows of Disneyland. Right. So the sociological change over a you know couple of generations, pretty amazing, yeah. really. But it's age 12. But then you move from uh, more beer and wine to nicotine. And one of the reasons why I'm down on nicotine is because of a kid takes in nicotine. Notice that I say nicotine because cigarette smoking has been going down and down. Vaping in just a couple of years has caused the amount of nicotine in kids to go way up. So because kids vape today. If kids vape or use any kind of nicotine, I mean, I'm worried about their heart disease. I'm worried about, you know, lung cancer. But what I'm even more worried about is the gateway that if kids do that, there's a 80% chance that they're going to try marijuana or harder alcohol. So the point being as parents, don't be in denial on this stuff. Right. Okay. Yes. So when you hear it, then I think you confront the issue, but you don't have to confront it in deep anger. You confront it by saying, Hey, what's going on here? And in our family, here's our rules. Here's our policies. Let's talk about this. But a lot of kids don't understand gateway drugs. So they don't understand that, you know, with some kids, alcohol use leads to nicotine use, which leads to smoking pot or harder alcohol, which then goes to the biggies like, you know, crystal meth and things like that. People don't start on that. Well, kids don't understand that either. Because I come from a family with alcoholism. When my kids were about 13, I said, hey, here's a couple of things. You know, I don't drink because of you guys. I choose not to drink because of Christy, Rebecca, Heidi. And I said, there's a greater propensity toward alcoholism with people who come from a family with alcoholics. And whether you like it or not, you come from a family. How you'll know, and we're going to ask you not to drink, but how you'll know is if you have a high tolerance for alcohol, you're a budding alcoholic because all alcoholics at one time drink below their tolerance level. As a parent, I was teaching them just like you would with sex education. 
more positive value-centered sex education, less promiscuous they'll be. The more positive value-centered drug and alcohol education. So when that happens, use it not just as a time to punish, but use it as a time to help them make some better decisions because they don't know. Well, Danny, I appreciate Jim Burns and the wisdom he brings. Um, Let me bring something to you that we had to deal with, and that was a teenage son who was vaping. Mm -hmm. And we tried to tell him it's not a good idea. It's not just bad for your health, but it's costly, and it's not even legal for you to be vaping right now. What could we say to make it more positive and and less uh, punitive? And unfortunately, this is all too common right now for a lot of parents, Christian parents and non-Christian. All throughout our culture, vaping has become just a norm uh, within culture. And uh, I remember a a, a mom calling and saying, hey, I just discovered in my son's bedroom uh, some vaping apparatuses and and, uh, was wondering what the sweet smell was that I was smelling Hmm. in the house. And they were about to have that conversation. And what I counseled her with, and what I would say if you find yourself in this situation, is to first gather information. Hey, what what are you looking for when you decided to vape? What is it that you were searching for? Was it acceptance? Was it uh, the feelings that you get from the vaping? Or was it curiosity that got you there? You're seeing other people do it. And uh, is it a sense of wanting to fit in, belonging, wanting to feel normal and common like others? Help me understand. Where, what is this? What has happened? I, wanna, I just want to know. I want to catch up to where you're at and have it be very conversational where you're not popping or exploding there. You're, you're really gathering information. And, and then from there, if they say, hey, I, I really... Everyone's doing it's not a big deal, you know, all the research uh, it's really not that that big of a deal. It's not that bad. You can again ask the question, help me understand that. What do you mean not not such a big deal? Where did you get that? Uh let's talk it through. I want to understand where you're getting that data because I, you know, I've heard differently and and I'm concerned for you and I I want you to be healthy. Yet this is your body. Hmm. You get to live with this, and down the road you pay for it. But let me, let me understand that. And I want you to understand a very clear boundary in our home, and that is that vaping is not allowed here. If this is something you decide down the road when you're an adult or outside of our home, then that's a choice you need to live with and own. Right now we need to talk about boundaries and then also your perspective. And so you begin to shift me. it to there. You don't trust <laughs> me. I can make decisions on my own, Dad. Yeah, and that's probably true. I, I would say it's, it is true that now I don't trust you because I found this. And, and so I, I'm hoping we open dialogue on poor decisions and good decisions that you're making and know that the boundaries we put are because we care deeply for you. And I'd be probably the only person, we would be the only people that would die for you hmm. if we had to. So no, this is out of love. I don't want to control you. There's plenty of, of uh, difficulty trying to even just control me. <laughs> you know, much less control other people. So I'm not looking for another job with that. What I'm looking for is stepping into the role of influence with you, and I'm worried about you. Mm. I really appreciate uh, your perspective. You're always really good about helping me get a better handle on kind of the script I need as I go into a, a tough conversation with one of my kids. Thank you, Danny, for sharing that. Um, let me mention that uh, a lot of these topics that Jim Burns and Danny are talking about have been included in the video series that you, Danny, and your parenting team created called Launch into the Teen Years. 
take a moment and share about that. Yeah, launching the 10 years are six important conversations, and it begins with talking to your preteen about identity, you know, how we build identity over time, and then uh, having an identity in Christ, and leads in conversations all the way to sexuality, and really catching a vision for what it means to have a healthy sexuality. But along the way, talking about those influences that come from culture, from our friendships, and how to understand those dynamics, and the importance of that resource is to create an ongoing conversation and dialogue between you and your preteen into the teen years. That is a great, great resource. Uh, you and Jesse Manassian are really superb hosts, and uh, there's some great content in there. That's that's very kind, <laughs> John. That, that, was, uh, that, was, that was a fun resource to create for parents. Yeah, I just want parents to know we've got Launch into the Teen Years. Look for that online. And then we also have Jim Burns' book, Understanding Your Teen, Shaping Their Character, Facing Their Realities, uh, both of those available to you. Um, on the website, along with opportunities to donate. If you can make a gift to support the work of Focus on the Family as we create great resources like these, uh, we'll say thank you by sending a copy of Jim Burns' book to you. It's our thank you note for joining the support team. Uh, You can call 800-A-FAMILY or click the link in the episode notes. Now, next time we're going to wade into some more tough parenting topics like uh, teen depression and even suicide. I hope you can join us. On behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team here, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.